The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Echet Yebamot has been dedicated and sponsored by our dear friend, Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife, in honor of his uh, family and Hatzlacha, Varvacha, Bechol Maasiyadav, maybe Zocheh. To raise his children in the ways of the Torah, they should give him much nachat. He should have many more children with health and happiness. And he should have beracha b'kol mikol kol him and his entire family. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by our dear friend, Mr. Elliot Shashow. May God give him beracha, blessing, aslaha, success, health and happiness. Peace of mind for him, his wife, his family, his children. And Be'ezat Hashem, may he enjoy prosperity and good things. Amen. Today's daf has been studied in Nushmat Avraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem t'nichenu began Eden. Amen. We begin today's daf on Tzadi Amud Rishon. And we start from the top line, starting with the words Tashema. We're in the middle of a sugiah. Rav Hazdam made a statement in yesterday's daf that if a person takes terumat teme'ah, in order to cover his obligation on his terumah, on his pile of tehorah. So he takes from the teme'ah goods, I should say it like that, he takes it from the teme'ah goods, for the tehorah goods. So he said, if he did it b'mezid, it's nothing. Lo lo Which means, not only does he have to take it again, but what he took is considered non-terumah. So the question of the rabbis against Sabhazda was, mina Torah, taking terumah teme'ah, is Torah, what he did, counts. We learned that from the statement of Rabbi Lai. Rabbi Lai brought a pasuk. In the Torah, the pasuk says, It says, Do not commit a sin when you separate the good for Terumah. Now, how could you make a sin? The sin would be that if you took from the bad product to cover the good product. But the Gemara said it's mashma that it's considered Terumah. So the same thing, if you took from the Teme'ah product to cover the Teme'ah product, it's going to be uh, Teruma. So the Gemara's question was, do the rabbis have the ability to uproot something from the Torah? If the Torah is calling it Teruma, can the rabbis come along and say, it's not Teruma? That was the question for, from Rav Hazda. So now the Gemara today continues to try to prove that, yes, indeed, the rabbis do have the ability to be Oker, Davar, Menat Torah. So we start, Tashema. We're talking about a non-Kohen. He ate Tirumat Teme'ah, as she says, Bishogeg. So now he has to compensate the Kohanim. So he has to pay the Kohen, Hulin, regular foods, Teorim. So he ate Tameh stuff, he pays back. So you have to give him something that's raut to yot kodesh. So from there they learn it's got to give him teorin. But let's say he paid him back with holim temein. That he ate tamen, he paid back tamen. Which means, if he did it which means, he paid back to me thinking that they were Tehorim, made a mistake. 
So then already it says what he did is good. His tashlum is a tashlum. It's considered a payment. He's off the hook. Bimezid. But if he did it on purpose, which means he ate terumat teme'ah, and on purpose he paid back hulin teme'in to the Kohen, and tashlumav tashlumin. It's not considered a payment. It means he has to pay him, again, that she says, they can see none there. We can ask the guy. Whether he did it Whether he did it What did he do He paid the Kohen back The payment is considered a payment Which the Kohen keeps it But he got to pay again he has to pay Hulin Tony, so we have a great mahalokinah between Rabbi Meir and Hakamim. So let's just review this statement to get it clear. The case is talking about a non Kohen, Azar, Eiterumah Teme'ah. Okay? Everybody agrees he has to pay back the Kohen now, something. So it says, if he paid back Hulin Tehorin, which is what he's supposed to pay back, then everybody says he's okay. The question is if he paid back Teme'in. So there, Rabbi Meir came along and said, well, if he didn't mishogeg, he didn't know, then already tashlumav tashlumin. The payment is a payment, and it's fine. But if he did it b'mezid, which means he knew that it was cholin temein, he paid back the kohen cholin temein, no good, and tashlumav tashlumin. Hachamim come along and say, there's no difference in shogeg and mezid. In both cases, tashlumav tashlumin, which means what he paid, it's considered payment, and he has to repay him again, Hulin uh, That is the deen. Now, uh, we should point out that there's a special law that has to be uh, known as a preface now before we go further. Hakamim tell us that we know if a person, let's say a zar, eats truma bemezid, so he's hayab mita bideshamayim. If he did it, let's say bishogeg, he ate truma, so then the deen is he has to pay kapara. What does the kapara mean? He has to pay what he ate, back to the Quranim, and he has to add a homish. He has to add a fifth. That's the Torah. Now, at the time that he pays the Kohen, whatever he's going to pay the Kohen turns into terumah. So you have to keep in mind, in this case, when we're telling him to pay back chulin teorin, that chulin teorin turns into terumah. Now, obviously, it's going to turn into terumah teorah. Okay? So now the Gemara is going to start analyzing. We analyze the case B'mezid and Tashlumav Tashlumin. Yes, sir, if he did it B'mezid, what did he pay back? Tamestav. So we said, what? And Tashlumav Tashlumin means payment is not considered a payment. So the Gemara says, Tavo alav beracha. Which means, on the contrary, instead of saying that his payment is not a payment, he should be blessed. Why should he be blessed? So, that she says, Amai kanastle. Why don't you knas the guy? My mezid yeshkan, afal pishi yodeshintimein, nitkavenu litashlumin hagunim. Which means, even though they were indeed tamer stuff that he's paying back, but you gotta go after the guy's intent. The guy's intent was to pay back. What do you mean, pay back? The Gibbon explains. De achal mine midi, de loka hazile, bime tumato. Rashi, the guy ate. 
דזר את תרומה טמאה, ואף אגב דתשלומים נעשים תרומה, ולא חזולו באמת טומאה, המיה לתשלומים מעליה אכוון, which means true, what the guy ate, the guy ate תרומה טמאה, תרומה טמאה, רבי שכהן is not allowed to eat, okay? ואפלגב, I'm reading that she, ואפלגב דתשלומים נעשים תרומה, now when he paid back, חולין תמאין, what did that חולין תמאין become? becomes תרומה תמאה, like the law, ולא חזו לבימי תומאה, and therefore the Kohen is not allowed to eat these items obviously, המיה לתשלומין מעליה אכוון, but the guy at least had כוונה for a good תשלומין, again, what is the reason why the Gebra doesn't understand the Mezid case, so we repeat again one more time, why should you say if he did it b'mezid that you're going to connect him and say et tashlumin tashlumin that it's not going to become terumah and he's not going to be off the hook? Why? What's the problem? He ate terumah temeah, which means what can a kohen do with terumah temeah? Can do anything with it. He cannot eat it. The only thing it's going to be that we for is hasaka. Anyway, if you would have given it, if you would have given the kohen the terumah temeah, all he'd be able to do is make. Hasaka, we'll be able to burn it. So what did he do? He paid him back Hulin Temein. Now this guy didn't know that the Hulin Temein are going to turn into Terumah. So he's thinking, I'm a good guy. I'm giving the coin back Hulin. He can eat Hulin. Once the coin's Tameh, there's no problem for being to Hulin Temein. So he's thinking in his brain, I'm giving him back something better. Right? I, I ate an item from the Kohen that he couldn't do anything with except burn. So I'm paying back now Hulin Temein. Kohen's allowed to eat Hulin Temein. It's just that he has to wait till he's Tameh, and then uh, he's able to eat Hulin uh, Temein, no problem. So therefore, he didn't know the law that what? That the Hulin Temein turns into Terumah yeah. Temeah. Good. So, but the guy's intention is good. So don't you, you go after the intention. You don't knas a guy. Where his intention was good. So the Gabbara is asking, why are you telling me if he's paying back Hulin Temein? That you're going to tell me that it's nothing and uh, he has to pay it again? So let's read that inside. Gabbara says, I read, I read again. Vavinat ba bemezid en tashlumav tashlumin vipedak honin temein tavoal ad beracha should be blessed. Why? Da'achal mine midi dilok hazir. He ate an item that's not ra'uy for the kohen to eat, only fasaka bimetumato. The kamishalem midi the kahazirim bimetumato. Now he paid him back an item that when the kohen is going to be tamei be able to eat the honin temein. Ve'amar rava ve'amdila kedi kedi was the name of a rabbi. You're right. Hasurim mechsera ve'achi ketani. There were some words missing in the brayta, and you have to add the following words. Achal teruma temea. Same case. He ate teruma temea. Mishalem kol dehu. So according to this, he can pay back kol dehu. He pays back. Anything. Now she says, Which means there's no problem. When you eat Tameh stuff, you can pay back Cholin Temein, no problem. Achal Terumat Tehora. Oh, but here's the case. When the guy ate Cholin, I'm sorry, Terumat that was Tehora, Mishalim Cholin Tehorin. Then you have to pay back Cholin that was Tehorin. Because what? You ate something that's. Uh, you know, that we for the coin to eat, and if we got to pay back, uh, some of the for the coin to eat. Shilem cholin temein. Oh, well, let's say he messed up, he paid back cholin temein. 
So we're talking about one specific case now. We're talking about a case where he ate tahor and he's paying back tamer. The payment is going to be considered payment. He made a mistake. I didn't realize that it was Timim. Fine. Payment is a payment. When he gave, he gave, it's counted. Which means the Tirumah is considered Tirumah. However, Vehozer, Umishalim, Holin, Tehorim. But he's got to repay. Now the Gemara establishes the question. Which is Mina Torah, Tirumah, or this Holin, Timein that you're paying, becomes Tirumah, Timeah. Tirumah, Timeah, Mina Torah is considered Tirumah. And what is the bimi'ir coming along to say? The bimi'ir is saying that what? En tashlumav tashlumin. Which means, if he did it bimezid, en tashlumav tashlumin, which means it doesn't, not considered terumah. How could the rabbis come along and say something that has the status of terumah is now going to be considered non-terumah? That's she. Ha-ha-cham, de medorayta tashlumin me'ilya. Dechulin temein. Now, we in the Yod Kodesh, like we learned earlier from the name of Rabbi Lahai. We're asking from Rabbi Meir. Because Rabbi Meir said what? Rabbi Meir is the one that said if you did it b'mezid, meaning it's not considered terumah. You see, the rabbis that argued on Rabbi Meir, they said tashlumav tashlumin, it's terumah, but you got to give it again. Okay, that I can understand. That's class. But to say that the payment is not considered terumah, so you're being oker davar Torah. Now, there's tremendous stuff coming out of it. You shouldn't just think, okay, they, 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 they're saying that an item that is terumah is not terumah. There'll become a lot of ramifications from this. I'll give you an example. The Gibraltar says it. De'im kadesh be'u kohen isha. When we say it's terumah, that means it's the kohen's property. Meaning, the guy gave him this terumah temeah. Right? We gave him Cholin Temeim, but what happens when the coin gets it? It becomes Tirumah Good. That becomes the coin's property. To the extent he can go now and marry a lady with this. He can tell the lady, Are'at Mikudeshetli, Bitrumah Temeah Zulkidat Moshev Yisrael. Amina Torah Tafsilehu Kiddushet. Moshe the Kiddushet is going to be Tofet. That lady is going to be an Eshet Ish. By the rabbi saying that it's not Tirumah, you know what they're doing? The Amu Rabbanan in Tashlumah Tashlumin. They're saying, no, it's not considered Tirumah, it's not considered yours. The Kasharinan Eshet Ishle Alma. And what ends up happening is, they're saying that this Eshet Ishmina Torah is Mutar. So the Gibraltar is saying, oh, the rabbis have the ability to. Okay, the Varmina Torah. That's why it's very important to know that, 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 that condition. It's, it's not standard just saying, okay, a Tirumah item is not Tirumah. It comes out tremendous uh, ramifications over here. Like, okay, it's just ish. So the Gemara says, okay, we have to re- under, re- redefine. My in Tashlumav Tashlumin, the Ka'amar Rabbi Meir. When the Bimi'ir said, in Tashlumav Tashlumin, he didn't mean to say that it's not considered Tirumah. It's got to be Terumah. It's going to be All he meant is, what you paid the Kohen is not a payment, you got to pay him again. You have to pay him again, 
We understood originally in Tashlumat Tashlumin means what you pay them is nothing. It's not if you consider Tiruma, you gotta start again. I was like, no, no, no. What you pay them, you pay them. Entashluma means you're not gonna fulfill your obligation with that payment. You have to pay him Hulin Teorin. But the Latin Gabbara says that what's the difference between the Bimi'ir and the Hakamim? Because Iyake, Sumkos Hainu Rabbanan. Meaning Sumkos that quoted the Bimi'ir is the same opinion as Rabbanan. Because what did the rabbi say? They also said Bimezid. They said what? Tashlumat Tashlumin. Meaning the payment is a payment, but why you have to repay it? So it comes out that the Bimi'ir and the Rabbanan are not arguing in the Bimezid case. They're both really saying the same thing. So then what is the what is the argument? So Gibbara says, no, the argument is in the Shogek. Rabbanan Amar Rabbachabere. Rabbanan. Amar Rabbachabere Dravika. Can su Shogek atumizidi kabinayu? The Mahlub is going to do you. Kones Shogek atumizid. Which means, according to Rabbi Meir, he's not Kones Shogek atumizid. He says, if you paid Hulin Timi'in, you did it by Shogek. Counts, you're covered, it's okay. Oh, but if you did the mezid, what you paid, you paid. It's tirumah, but you gotta pay again. Holin teorin. Whereas the rabbis come along and say, ben b'shogeg, ben b'mezid, tashlumah, tashlumin, what you paid, you paid. It's tirumah, but what? You gotta pay it again. Now, why would they be so mahmid by the shogeg? Because they gozer shogeg atu mezid. But according to all opinions, nobody's uprooting anything on the Torah over here. Which means what was paid, even the Hulin Temein will remain Terumahan, Nafkamiyar, the Quaker use it to Mekadesh himself, and the Kadushin is Kadushin, nobody's uprooting anything over here. So that Hazda still, still did not prove to us a case where he could be Oker Davar, Minatorah. So comes again now and tries again. Tashema, we have a bright Dam Shinitma. Okay, you have a kurban, so we know that the blood from the kurban you sprinkle on the mizbeah. So let's say over here you have a situation where the blood of the kurban became tamer. Okay, so what happened? Uzrako. But in any event, he sprinkled it on the mizbeah. So it says, Bishogeg Hurtza. When did it Bishogeg? So then already it's accepted, which means the kapara for the kurban is accepted. Bimezid. But if he did it Bimezid, he knew the blood was tamer, he still sprinkled it on the mizbeah. Lo hurtza. Hey, what do you mean? Ve'achad midoraita arutsuyem marza. Minatorah, even blood that's tameh, that's sprinkled on the mizbeach, even if it's sprinkled b'mezid, there's kapara. How do we know that? We know the Masechet Yomah. De'tanya, alma hasitz miraseh, the seats that the Grand Gadol used to wear, right? That's the headband around his forehead. What was the kapara that the seats used to uh, affect? Al adam, al basar, al achelav shenitma. Ben beshogeg, ben bemezid, ben beones, ben berason, ben beyachid, ben besibur. Which means, why the fact that the Kohen Gadol wears the seats on his forehead, it atones for certain things. Even if a Kohen went b'mezid, then he took the blood that was tabeh, and he put it on the mezbeah, all these cases going to be kapara. Oh, the Amri Rabbanan, lo hurtza. Well, now the rabbi is going to come along and say, no, no kapara. So you say to yourself, okay, so that's not, it's okay to have a Torah, but there's no... There's no damage. You guys don't know. Be damaged by saying such a thing. Why? Now, by the rabbi saying that you didn't get kapara for this blood, what's going to end up happening? You have to bring another korban. 
Min Torah, this second qurban that you're bringing is not necessary. So Min Torah is considered khulin. And therefore, when you're going to tell the guy to bring the next qurban, you're bringing khulin into the Beit HaMikdash. Which means, Min Torah, this guy has to bring another qurban? No, he's covered. The seat was mechaper on this damn tamir. Rabbis come along and say, no, no good, but you sprinkled over here, no kapara, bring another qurban. Min Torah, this second qurban does not kiddushat to it. Min Torah, you're done. So now the rabbis are allowing you to bring a chulin la'azara. So they're, what they're really doing is they're being okay to the Torah. So you see over here that the rabbis can be okay to the Torah. So it comes to Gemara and says, Amar Yosef, Bar Halina, May lohur tzad ka'amar. When it said lohur tzad, that there's no kapara when you sprinkle the blood, la'atir basar ba'akhilah. All it meant is that the Kohanim cannot eat the meat of such a Qurban. Which means, for sure, Kapara you have. And nobody ever said, you have to bring another Qurban, so nobody's being Matir, Hulin, Azara. The Kapara is there, but you said, Lohur Tsa. just means that since the blood was Tamir, the rabbis don't want you to eat the, uh, the meat. So the Kabbalah says, wait, you're still being okay that I'm in the Torah. Why? Sof, sof. This is the Torah to eat the basar. What do you know that? Uchtiv, it says the pasuk. The achilum otam asher kupar baim melamed shakuanim ochlim baadim etkaperim. We left the pasuk that what the kuanim eat from the korban and who gets kapara? The owners. So they were back to the question. But the rabbis came along and said, okay, you know what? If, if the dam is uh, no good, if it was tamei, they sprinkled it. Kapara, yeah, but no, uh, no eating from the basar. I mean, you're okay, the Bible Torah. So the Gabbana says, Amar le sheva'al ta'aseh shani. Very important rule. Yes, indeed, the rabbis can be okay, the Bible Torah. If the akira mina Torah is passive, if they're telling you not to do something, which means. They're not telling you over here to go proactively do something. They're just telling you, sit back, don't do anything. Which means, on a mitzvah aseh, they're able to be okay. Because this is a mitzvah aseh, eat the meat. They're telling you, don't eat the meat. On a mitzvah it's one thing if they're telling you, go do something. For example, Torah says, lo taseh, don't do this. And the rabbi is calling and saying, go do it. That's already active. That rabbi don't have the ability to do that. So therefore, in your case, Rabbi Chazda, what were you saying? You were talking about a case where you have Tirumah Temeah, right? And it's Tirumah Temeah Minat Torah. And you're coming along to say that this Tirumah Temeah, you're going to say now it's Hulin. You're going to say, That's like you're doing an action. That's already, you're not just saying passively sit back. No, you're, you're taking the Tirumah off. What do you see you're able to do proactively? Look at the bottom Nashi. so the Chazda still got to prove his point, he says. I want to ask you some questions. 
And from the question I'm going to ask you, I'm going to prove to you that you can be okay that I'm in Torah. Number one, the first case I'm bringing you is Aril. What's the case of Aril? So look at that she's second line, Aril. Damal b'pesachim ha-poresh min ha-olah ke-poresh min ha-kebir. Which means the rabbis made a law like this. Anybody that was not circumcised, once he circumcises himself, it's like he just came back touching a kevet. He needs seven days purification. Poresh min ha-olah, person removes the ha-olah from himself, it's like he's poresh min ha-kevet. It's like he came from a grave. He has seven days of Tum'ah. Now, the ger shunit kair erev Pesach. Oh, let's give a case. Practical case. Ger came along erev Pesach, and he circumcised himself, right? In shohatin alav. You came in a korban. Why? Because we got the seven-day rule. Ve'amar begemara ta'amad betele. What's the reason that betele made such a gezera? Gezera shema yitma l'shana haba'ah. We're worried like this. Maybe the next year, this convert is going to really become tamet. And what is he going to say? He's going to say, well, last year I was Tameh. You know, I, was, I was a goy last year. I had all the Tumah on me. And what? The day I converted, uh, I brought the Qurban, so to here. And he's not going to realize last year, the Tumari, I was a goy. Goy has no Tumah. Once you become Jewish, all that Tumah goes away. But now you're Jewish. Now your Tumah is problematic. So they made a Gezerah on the guy. But what are they doing because of such a Gezerah? They're being okay. Korban Pesach, which is now a goy comes along and he converts on Ere Pesach, Menadin, bring the Korban immediately. You're circumcised, bring it right away. No, don't bring the Korban Pesach. Gizirah, next year when he's Jewish, he might become to me and say, well, let me bring the Korban right away with Tumal last year when I was a goy, and uh, what's the this year? So the rabbis are really coming along with a rabbinical enactment to be okay, Dadar, Torah. So that's question number one, Arel. Question number two, Rav Hazda said, Hazaa. What's Hazaa? The law of the Torah is a person becomes Tameh. Right? The Gebarah is going to answer that. The Gebarah says now Hazaa. You have a law of a person who became Tameh. Tameh Mit. So he has to get sprinkled. He gets sprinkled on the third day and on the seventh day. Chachamim enacted a law Hazaa on Shabbat as Asur. You can't sprinkle on Shabbat. Why? Because it looks like you're fixing the guys. like a tikkun. Oh, so let's say now, the seventh day of his sprinkling came out on Erev Pesach. Right? They needs to be uh, sprinkled. Right? Erev Pesach, Shabbat. So now what's going to happen over here? No sprinkling. No sprinkling. He can't bring the Quran Pesach. So you see the rabbinical enactment of Azah is being okayed. Quran Pesach. Number three, Ismal. The law of Ismal is a knife. The Baruch Shabbat says, that let's say they forgot to bring the knife to the Brit Milah on Shabbat. The Gemara says, we do not allow them to go even through rabbinical domains like Karmelites and things like that, Gagor, Karfifafon, places like that, in order to get the Milah, to get the knife to the Milah. Uh, so the rabbis are instituting laws here that are being okay in Mitzvah, the right of Brit Milah. Number four, Sadin Besisit. We have a law that says that what person is not allowed to wear sharpness. Torah says, Lo tulba sharpness. Same rupishtim yahdav. But the next pasuk says, Gidirim ta'aselach. Make for yourself sisiyot. So the Gibraltar says, What's the connection between sharpness and sisiyot? They teach you that when you're wearing sisiyot, sharpness rule doesn't apply. Which means you can make a garment that's made out of uh, linen and put woolen strings and uh, you have no problem. Okay? 
Oh, but the rabbis came along and said, but you know what, if you have like a sadin, sadin is like a sheet, that's uh, linen, we don't want you to put any strings on it. Don't put any strings on it. Why? Because we're concerned that you might come to use the sadin at night. Right? And that's called ksup And any item that you use at night is really patur from sisit. If it's patur from sisit, now it's going to turn into sharpness. It's semiru pishtim, shalobim kom, mitzvah. So the rabbis told you, even during the day, the sadin, take off the, uh, don't put the seat on it. What do you mean? So they okay, they're going to have a Torah. you have to put the seat on this item. So they're making gezerah, atuk sutlayla. Next case, kevseah seret. Now, this case of kevseah seret, as she says, kevseah seret, lo kibalti mirabotai. He starts off saying, I really don't have a Kabbalah from my rabbis, what this case is talking about. Mikol makom, kach it seems to me, v'chashera davar, and it seems that it's proper, what I'm going to say, sheshanu betosefta, ma'ita masikat betzabi, gemara b'perich sheni. Kivseha said it, we're talking about Shavuot. On Shavuot, they brought korban shilamim. These were called kivseha said it. Sheshachatan shelo lishman. But let's say they didn't slaughter it with the right kavanah. They slaughtered it shalom l'shem korban for Shavuot. Hadam yizarek, the din is the blood, you can still sprinkle on the mezbeah. Vabasar yeachil. And the meat can still be eaten by the kwanim. Why? Vechol and sebeachim, because you have a rule. Any korban shinizbe'u shalom l'shman kishirin. Still kashir. Ela shalom alu l'be'alim l'shem chobah. Which means... It, you don't consider fulfilling your obligation, but the Qurban is not pasul, it, it, it counts. Vareim kishlamim da'alma, it turns into just a regular Qurban, shilamim. Vimaita Shabbat, oh, let's say with Shabbat, shahala atzir b'shol, let's say Shavuot landed on Shabbat. Vinitna Shabbat l'tchot etzil l'shman. Which means, the Torah will tell you, bring the kifsa asir even on Shabbat. If you have kavanah to bring the, the kifsa asir l'shem, Kurban, it's even Ducha Shabbat. What happened to this guy? The guy made a mistake. And what happened? He had Kavanah, Shelo Lishem, Kibzeh So what happens on Shabbat? Lo Yizrok. Don't sprinkle the blood. Ve'im Zara Kurza. Which is sprinkling the, this type of blood on the Mizbeach is only Yisud and a banan. Which means if you had Kabbalah Lishem, the Korban, sprinkle the Ketayla, no problem. The only problem in this case of the Yisloh, the Shema. And therefore, sprinkling such blood on Shabbat will be in Yisud, the Rabbanan. That she concludes, the Ketani lo Yizrok. So they are now sprinkling. By instituting this shivut, you're going, you're uprooting three mitzvot aseh. What three mitzvot aseh? Tzrikat dam, udhatkara haktarat emurim, udachilat basar. Which means, on such a kabbalah, it's a mitzvah to sprinkle the blood. It's a mitzvah to sacrifice the meat. And it's a mitzvah to eat the meat. And what do you tell me? Not rabbinical item? Don't speak, stop. So you mean, okay, three mitzvot aseh, like Kipseh Aseret. So let's repeat the case of Kipseh Aseret. The guy came on Shavuot, Shechal Yom Shabbat. Kohen, could you bring Kipseh Aseret? Vada'i, he has to bring Kipseh Aseret. What happens? Instead of storing it, the Shem Kipseh Aseret, he stored it, Shino Lishma. Oh, so what's the, what, what happens? This kafsar said turns into a regular kurban shadamim. And what's the law? Sprinkle, bring it on the mizbeach, eat, no problem. Rabbis came along and said, no, you can't sprinkle in such a case. By saying you can't sprinkle in such a case, you're going against Torah, and it says you can't sprinkle, you can be maktir, and you can eat. 
so that's the next case. Vishofar Vinulav. Shofar Rosh Hashanah Fuzara on Shabbat. According to the Torah law, you blow Shofar. Hakamim came along and said, Shabbat, no Shofar. Why? You might come to carry the uh, Shofar to go uh, learn uh, how to blow it. Oh, Lulav. First day of Sukkot Fuzara on Shabbat. Minat Torah, take the Lulav. Hakamim came along and said, no Lulav. So the... Uh, Hazda showing you all cases of the rabbis were okay that I'm in a Torah. Sikhabara says, Hashtag de Shanit lan Sheval Tase lo ma'akeru kulehu name Sheval Tase inu. Once I gave you the Sheval Tase law, all of these fault are Sheval Tase, so they will give you no proof to these cases. Let's review quickly. When it came to the case of uh, Arel, what did they tell me? Don't bring Korban Pesach. Shebal Taseh. When it came to the case of Hazaah, don't bring Korban Pesach. Ismail, don't do the Brim Mirah. Sedim B'sisit, don't put Sisit. Kibseh Aseret, don't bring the Korban. Don't sprinkle. Shofar, don't blow Shofar. Don't shake the Lulav. Those are all passive. They're telling the guy, sit back. So we have no Raya. We're looking for a case of that you could be okay. Proactively. Proactively, not the Shebal Taseh. Comes again when it says, Tashema. We have a bright that says, if you have a Navi, a Navi emit, that comes along and tells us a law, you must listen to the Navi emit. To what extent? Even if the Navi emit comes along and says, transgress one of the laws of the Torah, Kegon Eliyahu Karmel. For example, when Eliyahu Bahara Karmel had that. Um, that bout against the Nebiah Baal. So what did he do on the top of the mountain? He built the Mizbeah. And he brought a Korban on the Mizbeah. What are you talking about? The Bitta Mikdash was around in the Yavnavi's time. How could they bring a Korban outside of the Mizbeah? Say, Hayyuf Karet. what? The Navi comes and tells you to do something. Even if it's against the Torah, you listen. So the Gemara says, Afidu Kegon Eliyahu Bahara Karmel. Which means according to the to the need, according to the time, you listen to him. So what do you see but? A rabbi, like a prophet, has the ability to be okir, davar min Torah. Torah says you can't bring a korban on a bama when there's a bit of mikdash. Eliyahu Bikulam says do it, you listen to him. Ah, you see the okir davar min Torah, and that's bekum vaseh, bring a korban. Kabbalah says, shani hatam dikhtib elav tishma'un. There you have a special gizra to katuf. If you're a prophet, you have this dispensation. So the Gemara says, So why don't you learn from it? Let that be the binyan ab, which is learned from a prophet. It's like he can do it. Any rabbi can do it. Gemara says, Migdar milta shani. The build a fence, a protective fence, is different. What does that mean? Rashi. Let's start from Eliyahu Barak Karmel. Shekri bebama vishat isur babot taita viika karet. Two things, you're bringing a korban outside the Beit HaMikdash, and you're sacrificing it. Mikdar milta la'asot geder v'takana ki atam she'shivan al yedeken ma'avodat kuchavim. That was a special case over there. The Jewish people were worshipping Avodah Zarah. But now and Nabi had to make a uh, special uh, 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 fence in order to get the people to stop worshipping Avodah Zarah. So you can't learn from an exceptional case where Klaisel was worshipping Avodah Zarah to say now at any time the rabbis want to come along they can be okay that I'm in the Torah that was that was unique don't, don't learn from there that was in order to stop the people from Avodah Zarah comes again and says so so far we haven't brought a proof Gabbana says Tashema Betelo Mevutal 
Rabbi. What does this mean? Betlom mevutam. Rashi. Baal sheshalach get leishto. Husband sent a divorce to his wife. The paper, the divorce paper. Vekadam uba etzla. But then he beat the messenger, and he tells the wife, uh, "Listen, the get that's going to be sent to you, I'm nullifying it." Or she shalak la shalia. Or he sent a messenger to get to her first. Ve'amad get she shalakti lach batelu. So the din is areze batel. The husband has a right to mevatel the get before he gets the utnan. But ishona ya ose bet din bimkom aperum batelo. Ve'lo ya modiyala. Originally, the original tekana was he's able just to get stand in front of three people. He sent the get, right? Before the get gets to his wife, he's able to go in front of three people and say, listen, that get that I sent, batelum butal. And it was considered batel. Even if he didn't go directly to his wife. That was the original takana. But what happened? Why? What was happening? The zimnin, the mevatel, because what was happening sometimes, he was being mevatel the get, she didn't find out about it. Velo yada seba. She got married. Mm. And her children were becoming mamzerim. So the rabbis made a new takana. Rabotai, no more being mevatim in front of Betin. You got to go to the lady. So she's got to know firsthand. Okay. Now, look at the new rashi. On that takana is the context of the following statement. Which means the first shita comes along and says, if he went against the takarab the hakamim, and he went in front of three guys, after he sent the get, he said, listen, the get is mevutal. So it says, mevutal. So the get is going to be mevutal. That means really what? They're still married. Devre Rabbi. Rabban Shmom Gamliel Omer, Eno Yachol. Which means you can't do anything. You cannot mevatel the get in front of three people, nor can you add any more conditions. For example, you say, you know, on the condition that she, it's too late. Once you dispatch the get, you can't do anything outside from going to the lady yourself. You know why? Imken din <laughs> because he says a good logic. If you can already tell me that what you could be mevatel the get in front of uh, three, let's say, suppose the whole takanam the hakamim, you uprooted the whole thing of the rabbis. The rabbis came along and said you can't do it, and now you come along and say, but if you did it, it's okay. So, so, so what's, what, what did the rabbis gain? They made a takana, and you come along and say, you didn't even follow the takana. Doesn't matter. The, the get was considered uh, batel. Oh, so the Gemara says, Nobody argues the get is batel. When he goes in front of three people, we're saying what? Midoraita, the get is batel. They're still married. And just because it is Sabara that you're saying, oh, we don't want to go against the rabbinical enactment, what are you doing? You're going against the Torah enactment, and therefore you're being matir in Eshet Ishna Alma. That's review, according to the rabbinical enactment. Is the get the get? Yes. yes. 
He came with a tailor in front of Betin. So therefore, Midrabanan, this lady over here is divorced. She's going to go now, get married. However, Minat Torah, she's still married. You're allowed to be Mivatil. So therefore, what did the rabbi say? The rabbi said, the B said, you know something? What? And about, how could you tell me over there to get this not uh, Batil? You're going to go against the rabbinic line. I said, what do you see? If you're going to say, what you're doing is, you're telling the lady over here, when you went in front of the three, you're going to come along and say, what? Since the rabbi said, you're still married. But in the Torah, she's not married. So now you're being matir and eshet ish. Again, review. According to rabbinical law, are you allowed to go stand in front of three people and say, get this batim? According to rabbinic law. According to rabbinic law, you're not allowed. According to the Torah law, you're allowed. But the rabbi saw problems were coming out of it. So it was a year ago in front of three guys. And you tell them to get this batim, it's not batim, they're still married. Good. So now, if they're still married, and uh, what happened over here? We have a statement in the name of Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel. He said like this, actually he said, Rabbi. Rabbi came along and said, That if he went and it was Mevatel the Get, they still considered married. He was Mevatel the Get, and there was Mevatel the Get. And therefore, if you they get they're still married. Oh, so came Rabban Shimon and said, How could you say that? You're going against the rabbinical uh, enactment. The rabbi said that when you go in front of three, it does nothing. The get is still hal, and therefore, she's free. Oh, so the Kabbalah says, What is the rabbinical enactment doing over here? What it's doing is, it's overriding the Torah law. Because according to the rabbinical Agman, you're telling me what? She's free, but according to that, she's really considered an eshet ish. So you're being matin eshet ish la'alma. So the Gebra says, Ma'an de mekadesh, adalta de rabbanan mekadesh. We have a rule. Anybody that gets married, gets married al da'at da hachamim like we say ariat bekodesh betabazu kedat moshe v'yisrael kedat moshe v'yisrael means according to the laws of moshe that means the, 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 the rabbinical laws ve'afkinu rabbanan kedushim. the rabbis have the ability to be mafkia kedushim. they have the ability to uproot the kedushim. Which means you're right. According to the Torah law, let's say, when the guy says, I'm mevatel the get, he has a right to mevatel the get. But the rabbis have an ability to uproot kiddushin. Now, let's discuss the mechanics, how they can uproot kiddushin. When a guy gives money, let's say, to a lady, makes kiddushin bekesef, okay? Didn't we learn yesterday that the rabbis have a power that's given to them by the Torah of hefker betin hefker? Hefker betin hefker is the ability of the rabbis to come along and say that the money of such and so and so is hefker. And they even have the ability to take the money from one person and give it to another person. That's a Torah law. Which is in, it really comes out, there are certain cases where the rabbis do have an ability to be okay. In monetary cases, they have that hefker betin hefker law. So in the case of the Kiddushin, they can use that same Hefker Betin, Hefker Law. When a guy comes along and gives a Kiddushin, right? So now you're going to come, and now he goes in front of three guys. And then he says, get his wife, right? Gets on the way there. He goes in front of three guys and says, the get that I'm telling, sending, sending to my wife is Batil. 
Min Torah, you're right. The get is batel, they stay married. Rabbis come along and say it's nothing. The get is a get. Uh, how can they do that? Because they're able to say that the Kiddushin was never a Kiddushin. Because they can come along and say that money that he gave, we made that money hefker, it wasn't his money. They're able to uproot the Kiddushin and say hefker betin hefker. Because anybody that gets married, you're getting married according to what the rabbis tell you. And therefore they can be okay the Kiddushin the Mafreya by saying that the money was not, they were not married over there. That's why you can come along and say, she can go get married to somebody else. Your question is, how can she get married to somebody else? It's an ish. It's not ish. The rabbis can always be okay. Kiddushin mafreya based on the Efkin Medin, Efkin law, because they can take the money away, and you have no problem. So the Gemara says, Amale Rabina, the Rabashe, Hatina, the Kaddish Bekaspa. That's good in the case where you make Kiddushin with money. But there's other ways to make Kiddushin. Kaddish Bibiyah, Maikalim Imar. What do you do when the guy made the Kiddushin with Biyah? So the Gemara says, still the rabbis have a power. Shavyuah Rabbanan, the Bi'idato, Bi'idat Zenut. Which means retroactively, the rabbis can come along and say, since you got made Kiddushin on our da'at, so we're going to come along and say that that bi'ad that you made is bi'ad znut, which means we're not going to say it was bi'ad Kiddushin, and therefore, it turns into a surah, fine, but what? At least she's not considered married. She's even able to uproot the Kiddushin that was done with a bi'ad. Look at Rashi. Rashi says... That's one, two, three, four, five, six lines after they get wide. You can say that the, the money is, uh, was hefker, uh, um, and therefore it wasn't considered a kedushin. Uh, since when everybody gets married, they do it according to the approval of the rabbis. And the rabbis said, When you give such a get like this, the get uh, is not going to be hal. Uh, right? The rabbis said that when you go in front of the 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 say batel get. We're not going to say it's batel, which is the get is going to be effective. So I'll say, Tebatel bi'ad tevim bi'ilad zinut. I'm going to say that what? That the bi'ad was bi'ad zinut, and therefore they were not considered married. Therefore, no problem. She can get the marriage. Which means the rabbis have power to mevatel not only the kesef, they can mevatel even retroactively bi'ad. So Gemara says, Tashema Amar bin Azab bin Yaakov, Shamati, Shebetin, Makin, Veonshin, Shlom, and Atorah. So I heard that Betin has the ability to give Malkut, and even sometimes death penalties, Shlom and Atorah, even if it's not according to the Torah law. Velo la'avor of the Torah, not to go against the Torah, Ela la'asot siyak the Torah, not to fence the Torah. Umaaseh ba'adam ya'ad, Shalakav asus b'shabat, there was a certain guy, that went and he was riding on a horse on Shabbat in the times of the Greeks. They have to point out that riding on a horse on Shabbat is only a suit of a banan. That you might come to pull a branch off a tree and use it as a, uh, a whip. So the Gemara says, They brought the guy to Betin, and they stoned him to death. Not because he was Laulikach, he deserved it. Because the time when the Greeks were persecuting the Jewish people, religious persecution, so therefore we had to be stringent on any transgression, even if it was a minor transgression, in order to keep the, the law intact. So therefore you see what? The rabbis have an ability to be okay, there's no penalty for this, not But what? In order to keep the Torah protected, they're able to do such a thing. So comes the Gibran says.
right? The people were, she says, Parutz Ba'avira, so they had to protect. There was a certain guy, he had uh, inappropriate uh, relations with his wife under a fig tree, which means in public. The betting, because it's in public, it's not modest. And therefore they brought him in front of betting, and they gave him lashes. No, his wife. It's not because the time needed, because the people were perutzim ba'averas, so therefore they punished even things that were not punishable by the Torah. So the Gemara says, no proof. This is different, which means when the hakamim see that there's a, a, a an overriding necessity in order to make offense or to protect the law, fine. But you're coming on the last time just to. Okay, the Vamana Torah to say that something is Tiruma, is not Tiruma, stuff like that. That's the way we need to have a power. She's in a case where there's a crisis, like in the times of the Ivanim, where it was Dor Parut, that's for the generation. That's for something for, you know, to protect. But the staff to be okay, the Vamana Torah, you know, you know, but I am. This will get in here. So really, Rabbi Hazdad did not successfully prove that he could be okay, the Vamana Torah, Bekum Da'aseh. The Gemara went as far as to say, Hefker Betin Hefker works. They went as far as to say, in a Sheva Al Ta'aseh, it can be okay. That's like Lulav and uh, Shofar in those cases. But more than that, the Gemara concludes that you really would not be able to be okay. Comes the Gemara and continues. Back to the Mishnah. Can we go back to the case? You have a Edechad. Edechad came along and said, Med Ba'alech. On account of that, Betin allowed this lady to go get married. She went and got married to another guy. The husband resurfaced. So what do we say when she dies, if their husbands, either one of them are Kohanim, they do not mitameta. Normally a Kohen is mitameh for his wife. But in this case over here, they do not mitameh. Why? One pasuk says that a Kohen is able to be mitameh for a she'ero. Who is She'ero? The Amar Mor She'ero Zu Ishto. That a Kohen can be metameh for his wife. But we have another person who says, Uktiv, Lo Yitama Baal Be'amav Le'echalo. That a Kohen cannot be metameh Le'echalo for his wife. So make up your mind. Can a Kohen yeh metameh or not metameh for his wife? So it says, Yesh Ba'al She metameh Yesh Ba'al She'en metameh. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Ha'ketzad, metamehu Le'ishto Kesherah. But in this case over here, it's considered ishto pesula because now the first guy was married. That was a good marriage, but now she went with another guy. Eshet ish, because even though she had a hetir from betin, but we said she should have been daikomintzvah. She should have investigated because there was only one witness. So therefore, now she's really pasul to the first husband. She cannot go back to the first husband. So therefore, the Torah says lo yitama ba'al be'amav lehalo. In a case where the husband, where the wife is pasul to him, she cannot be mitamet. To the second guy also is considered Eshadish. So therefore in this case over here, even though they're Kohanim and she dies, they do not metameh based on the Pesukim. We said also that what as a result of this case, let's say the lady in the interim finds now a lost object. Well normally a lost object goes to the husband. But in this case over here, the lost object does not go to either of the husbands. What's the reason why normally we say that a lost object that's found by the lady, it goes to the husband? Because we don't want to cause strife between the husband and the wife. Because the husband is supporting the wife, and now she's going to keep her own mitziot. Uh, so therefore, to keep peace in the family, we say all the mitziot go to the husband. But over here, it's the opposite. 
Here we want to create strife because we want them to, to break up. We want them to, 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 to separate. So therefore, on the contrary, by saying that she keeps the mitziah, it'll be another reason why the husband will get rid of her. Normally, if a lady works, the law is that all the money that she gets from working goes to the husband because the husband supports her with all the obligations that he has in a ketubah. So it says, Because she eats mizonot from the husband, so therefore, she, the, the husband gets the but over here, there's no mezonot like we learned, because she loses all the rights of ketubah. And one of the rights of ketubah is mezonot. So since she doesn't get mezonot from the husband, she gets to keep her which means she does not now uh, she, the husband is not allowed to be which normally a husband is able to for example let's say a lady makes a vow that she's not going to put on makeup anymore so therefore the husband right away it's this disadvantage or she says I'm not going to bathe anymore so the husband right away is able to make a to nullify the vow the Torah gave him that uh, power. So the Gemara says, What's the reason why the Torah gives the power to the husband to make out the husband? So she doesn't become uh, repulsive to him because she can start making all types of nidarim. She'll threaten him. I'm not putting on any makeup. I'm not getting a bathing anymore. So we say, you know what? The husband has the rights to nullify. But here we say, let her become repulsive because we want to. To get rid of, we want the wanting to get rid of her. So therefore, on the contrary, this will be an incentive to get rid of her. Let's continue. Which is, if she's a bat Yisrael, she becomes pesula from the keuna. What's the uh, the reason over here? Because now she went and went. She's eshet ish. She's a da. So therefore, she's obviously pesul to go with now a kohen. Let's continue. And what says. Peshita, which means, what's the, what's the question? Uh, uh, she went with Eshet, she's Eshet, 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 The Hadush of the Mishnah is that we said, Abat Levi, that this happened to, she's going to be Pesulat to eat Maasir. I understand normally by bat kohen, which means you want to tell me she's kuna, I can understand that she loses her rights to eat teruma. We've seen that if, uh, let's say, a bat kohen has uh, znut, <coughs> fine, so she could lose her rights to get bit teruma. But now you tell me a new hadush, that a bat levi, that went in this case of in, she went with the second guy, uh, based on the testimony of a witness, she's going to lose her ability to eat now. Maaseri shot. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? There's a bat levi, we don't, we don't, kohen, bat kohen is in Yad of Snoot, but there's a bat levi through Snoot, who's a maaser? That and yeah, we have a clear case in the bright, a leviyah shinishbit. Let's say you have a leviyah, bat levi, she got caught into captivity by the goyim, and you assume that the goyim violated her in the captivity. Or shinibailah, bailah zut. Or let's say she went with vadaut and she committed Snoot with a, with somebody, notim la maaser veochelet. She still eats ma'asir, which means there's no dean of losing uh, ma'asir on a bat levi that to commit his loot. Kamala says, Amar Avsheshad, Kenasa. This case is Kenas, which means, you're right, with a Torah she could eat uh, ma'asir. But what? In this case, we're Konesa, because she should have been Daika or Minseba. She should have investigated before she got married to the second guy. Which means like this if she went into captivity or she committed a vadai zlut, she could eat ma'asir. But in this case over here, where she should have been Daika or Minsa, she can't eat Maser. 
Does that make any sense? Well, if she went b'vadai znut, she can eat. In this case over here, because she, she had a hit from bit, and you tell me it's worse? So the Mephashim explained, the rabbis only make gezerot on cases that are shchiyah. In cases that are not shchiyah, they're not going to be gozer. So for bat levi to go b'mezid with somebody... That's not a shkiyah case. So then we're not going to penalize uh, against the ma'asid. However, in this case, it can happen. Which means one witness comes along and says, and the betin says she can get married. So since this is more of a shkiyah case, the rabbis came along and they penalized and said, what, since you weren't midayik, when you got married, therefore you're going to lose the ma'asid. So it's tremendous hadush. Not only does a bat kohen lose terumabiznut, but a bat levi in this case also will lose her rights to eat. ‫-הההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההה